Yo, what's good? This is Barry Harrison, a.k.a. The Stars Barber. And uh, I just want to come at you today and tell you how schedulicity has changed my life. Like, number one, it's changed my life because it helped me get more organized. I was able to structure my day, structure my week. Um, I know what type of revenue I have coming this day. If I need to run out, run an errand, uh, if I want to take lunch, I'm able to do all these things. And it just helps to structure uh, a barber or stylist or anyone that's in an appointment-driven industry. You're able to maximize your time. And time is something that you can't get back. So I value my time and I love the customer service. And I've been with Schedulicity for over almost 10 years. I've been rocking with them for almost a decade. So happy to be part of the family. Happy. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm here with my boy, Tony. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? Nothing, I man. Uh, I, I'm, 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 we have some conversation to go. You know, we, uh, we, we promised ourselves that, that we would continue on in these conversations, and, um, you know, we're, we're going to do that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're going to have it with uh, everybody in our industry if we can. <laughs> exactly. I you know think you're saying? right. I think you're right, man. That's that's the deal. So um, on to, on today's podcast, we're we're, we're talking to uh, Ann Mazza, and Ann Mazza is with the Olivia Garter, uh, Garden Olivia Garden um, Company, and um, you know she's just a she's just a trusted voice. I, I think that I think that um, in these times we uh, we need to have thoughtful conversations and not necessarily reactive conversations. So I, um, I I'm happy to bring Ann in because uh, as we know, and if you heard the last podcast that we did with her, she's very thoughtful. Yeah. And, uh, and she's uh, a big part of our industry, right? She uh, she's been in our industry for uh, a long time and her family has been in our industry for a long time. So, uh, you know, it's nice to hear from the voices that, that's you know been in our industry for a long time seen it seen it all right <laughs> although yeah. this is new this is new territory but i'm sure there's some techniques or there's some whatever that 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 are, are tried and true right yeah absolutely and her you know her family came here as immigrants too and uh, you know it's uh yeah it's it's gonna be an interesting conversation we have no idea where it's gonna go nope you know what i mean <laughs> it's great and like you said before, it's going to be a conversation, not my opinion, your opinion, you know, keep the opinions out of it. Just have a con- open conversation and wherever it goes, it goes. Yeah, I, d- I dig that. So let's go ahead and bring Miss Ann in. So uh, Miss Ann Mazza from Olivia Garden. I'm going to get that right one of these days. Welcome to your day off. <laughs> Hi, guys. Great to be here with you again. Great. Thank you so much for uh, for making time for us. Of course. My pleasure. I love yeah. having a chat with you guys when we talk talked I believe it was on March 6th for our previous podcast what a different world we were in that was three months and 10 days ago and boy 10 days later everything yeah we were going to meet you at IBS I know we had big plans (laughs) big plans at IBS and you know we we uh you know hair industry we we actually pulled out the night before um it was that Friday night we just decided that that you know with with the momentum of what everything looked like at that point we were just like you know what maybe it's just better it's better i think my quote was it's better to be dumb and healthy than dumb and unhealthy (laughs) it was my quote and we chose to take the dumb and healthy route and and we backed out on friday night and then of course saturday night they just canceled the whole show so uh were you in new york when they can't you obviously were in new york when they canceled so um, I initially, you know, when I booked my trip to New York, I was going to do my usual trip, which is go to the IBS show, from there go straight to Bologna, from there go straight to my Belgium office. And so it's like a two-week trip. So my little gift to myself is I don't set up the booth on that long two-week trip so I can get an extra day at home. So I it normally would have left on Friday. 
But because my team was setting up for me, I left on Saturday to be there Saturday night. So um, I was flying there and um, I left my house at 4 a.m. And uh, by the time I landed in New York at 3 p.m., the show had been canceled. Oh my God. Got on an airplane at 3.30 p.m. and flew home. <laughs> so, so you had a 30-minute turnaround in New York? I did. And I was at JFK and I was like, I mean, if it's as bad as they say, I might as well not leave. I might as well not touch anything and get right back on the plane and fly home. That is probably yeah. the smartest thing ever. We <laughs> I had flew to New York round trip, yeah. Just yeah, for that's funny. <laughs> 30 minutes in New York from the West Coast, right? You're in San Francisco, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Oh so, so just go to New York to New York to San Francisco. That is the longest day ever, really. Yeah, we had a couple of friends that, you know, because we're in DC, we um that were taking the train up and they got they got notification, you know, pretty much while they were on the train or, or right when they got in that it that it was canceled. So, you know, when you're in a train, you can't just like turn around. I guess once you get to New York, you can turn around pretty easily, but you know, when you're when you're here to there, you can't turn around at all. Right, right. And I feel really bad, of course, for my team, whom I normally would have been on the ground with, but because of that long trip I, I had was coming in just when they were done setting up. And I felt terrible because they had just, they were three quarters of the way done setting up the booth. And now they had to do it all backwards on the same day. Mm, that's a lot of work. <sighs> that was hard. Yeah. Anyway, that. that is what happened. So that was IBS New York. And we thought, oh, well, that sucks. But we never foresaw what we are experiencing now right so um it was just uh, the beginning yeah the beginning of our our new normal and uh, it's been an interesting time you know it's it's been <clears throat> the way i like to kind of summarize it a little bit i mean i've had a lot of time to think about it and you know i always try to find the positive in everything or the opportunity to make it a learning experience because you know you have to because you're going through it anyways um but i guess i realized that although as we talked in a lot podcast last podcast we had plenty of struggles moving to america and building our company we really did as a society we've had it kind of easy right i mean we haven't had to endure um any wars we haven't had i mean on, on domestic soil we haven't had to endure much hardship um as a as a society and this is the first time in my lifetime that i can think of that we've been just hit like we you like hit a wall you know and you're just like oh my gosh you know like this is never something i would have foreseen in a million years so now what do we do so i think it's definitely once we're finally at some point going to be out of this you know make us appreciate better how to some extent easy i'm not saying things are easy in life but mm -hmm. just how to some extent, things were easier, a lot easier before, and how bad they can get, so that we better work at not coming back to where we've been, you know, where we've just been for the last three months, if at all possible. Yeah. I think that, you know, to your point a little bit earlier, like, you know, we haven't, the, the entire world hasn't been, you know, uh, had a single goal in mind, you know, probably since like World War II was the last time that the world kind of came together to conquer some, you know, quote unquote evil, you know, this time the evil right. happens to be, you know, a, a virus that, that, that we can't see, we can't taste, we can't smell, you know, it's just, it, 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 we can only, we can only do our best to avoid it. And that's the defense, right? Just try to avoid, avoid the virus. So, you know, to your point, I think you're right. We haven't, we haven't had much, I mean, since World War II, we haven't had much, you know, chaos. We haven't had, you know, um, much in our lives. We've had a pretty, pretty doggone easy, you know, so thank you for the greatest generation because, you know, they, they, they paved the way for, um, for, sure. for us to have a pretty, a pretty easy, now as a, as a global thing, certainly there's, there's other, there, there's other issues in the world and other stuff that we have to deal with. But, but as far as like the pandemic, that's, you know, that, that's it. And, you know, when we were, when we were off air, you, you said, you know, we uh we now backed up a pandemic with another pandemic so yeah you know. i mean it's something one of them is took us by surprise the, the corona and the other one you know has been obviously uh, something that has been in our society for a long time that you know we, we of course it you have to deal with it you have to to try to address and fix it once uh, fix the the injustices in the end you know, there's a situation, try to make it better once and for all. And, you know, at some point it's, it needs to get done. And so, so it's a tipping point, which is, 
which is good that you know we're that we're hopefully all motivated to finally do something because it needs to take so many people on so many levels right you've got the citizens you've got the politicians you've got the judicial system i mean there's so many people that need to be involved to make real change mm-hmm. hopefully this has been uh you know enough to get everybody moving in the right direction with a, with good intentions uh it's just it's just hard that obviously everything came together ahead at a head together just because of the fact that it's really hard to to go out and demonstrate basically like maybe you know your concern about your you know that health versus speaking out if you want to speak out so you know that it's too bad that you've had that extra uh thing to to worry about just because we happen to be in a pandemic so it's really terrible timing but i mean that's life right things don't always go as planned so yeah but the pan the two pandemics that you're that you're referring to um happen together might be a blessing because everybody is at home like Tyreek said that you know what i mean everybody before everybody's busy right they don't have a lot of time to really okay (laughs) that is you know you, you in your daily life, you can be like, oh, that's bad. You know what I mean? It's horrible, but you're so busy with your day-to-day operations. So, you know, you don't necessarily give it that much thought now that everybody has nothing but time, you know what I mean? So everybody can react, which is, uh, you know, could be a good thing. To Tyreek's point, I mean, you know, he, he set out what you were saying, Tony, and he said, and what that did is that is human empathy has never been higher, right? Because we're sure, all yeah. we're all kind sure. of like combating the same thing and we're all living the exact same life now, right? Like before yeah. we all had different lives, but, you know, now because we're all, we're all experiencing the same thing. So we have much, much more empathy. We have space for much more empathy um, for, for, for our, our, our fellow, uh, our fellow uh, citizens. So uh, yeah. I guess. The question to you, I mean, obviously, you know, you guys been hit with both pandemics and how you guys reacted to both pandemics. Well, okay, so taking them in chronological order in terms of uh, what we've done. So going back to March, uh, we live in the San Francisco Bay Area. So March 16th at 2 p.m., our local authorities said we had to close that day. So that was a Monday. I remember. Uh, and so we all kind of were like, uh, you know, when you see a pair of ants that work, I mean, ants that work in really good line, and then you, you drop some water or something, and then they're all scattered and all, that was us. We were like working, working all in the same direction. All of a sudden it was like, what? We have to close? What? You know? And so that's how I felt. Like I was running around going, okay, we're closing. What does that mean? Like, you know? So anyways, we, um, now, my brother and I had gone through the thought process of, you know, what if we had to close down? Because, um, so, you know, because we work with people around the world, obviously, and, you know, we had known about what was going on in Asia, as had other people. Uh, but maybe we knew a little bit more because we're in daily contact with our factories in both China and Korea. So we knew what was kind of happening happening and so we thought as you know we again our parents taught us to be prepared for all kinds of scenarios so we're like okay let's run through the drill of what if we have to shut down what if we stay open and our customers shut down what if it's vice versa what if how long would it last I mean we tried it but you can go with like so many different scenarios you know you can drive yourself crazy so we tried to like go through the motion as much as we could so that if we had to shut down we kind of already had a little drill, right? So it's like you do a fire drill and then there's an actual fire <laughs> and now you have to right. actually do what you thought, right? Except we only did the drill one time and that was like, you know, a month before and we didn't really think it would ever happen. So anyway, so that was a little bit of a, that was a big shock. So trying to get everybody, you know, set up at home that could be working from home and trying to just understand what that means because we didn't shut down as a country we shut down as a region. So it's like our region shut down, but nobody else was at the time. So, you know, you keep having orders coming in, people saying, but I need my stuff. And you're like, but we're shut down. And, you know, it's nothing you've ever experienced before, right? It's like, you hope you get business and now you have to tell people, sorry, I can't ship you your stuff. You know, that was, that, that was, that was before the human empathy kicked in. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it was like, I need my brushes. So anyway, so we, 
we, um, you know, so it was, yeah, it was, it felt almost like we're the only ones, you know, nobody else. And it was, it was kind of hard, but um, it's sad because it's like, I feel like, you know, for so many decades, we've been pushing, you know, we've been like moving forward at great speed. And then all of a sudden you have to be like, wait, stop, stop. We got to stop everything. Mm -hmm. How do you stop something? I mean, you know, it's like, so like unnatural to have to stop things, right? Just be like, oh, well, don't ship that. Don't, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just, it was strange. It was a very strange time. Right. Anyways, so um, so then after like a, about a week of sitting at home and uh, just trying to make sense of it and like, like processing the shock, which I'm sure is like part of, you know, like some psychological thing when something like this happens. I'm sure we all went through it like shock and, and unbelieving, like being sad and just not believing what was really happening and all that. Um, then, you know, that lasts about a week and trying to figure out what to do with different things. Like, you know, you have, when you run a business like us and you get multiple containers every week, um, you know, when the business shuts down the containers, they're already on the boat. The production's already in production at the factories. You don't just shut. I mean, maybe it's like a salon, for example, you could just shut your doors and be like, okay, we're closed. But we can't just close because we have like some momentum of stuff coming in too. We could not ship out, but we have stuff coming in that you just can't tell the people, leave the stuff on the boat. Don't bring it to us. It doesn't work like that. Anyway, so there was a lot of logistical stuff to figure out and also slow down our factory production because we could tell that obviously we're not going to need as much product as we thought we were going to need mm -hmm. and all of that and working with them and, you know, trying to figure out a plan for everybody down the, the chain. And then after we've done that, uh, we did that. And then uh, you had kind of a moment to think. Uh, we're like, okay, how can we help? I mean, that's just kind of in our nature. It's like, what could we do? And so my thought was, well, we're not doctors or nurses. And there's no way we can get training fast enough to make a difference. Right. So what are we good at? What we're good at is production, distribution, you know, manufacturing. Like, what, what do we bring to the table? I know we make, I mean... I, I dumb it down to we make hairbrushes, you know, how big is that in the world? We're not a doctor, we're not a scientist, but, um, you know, we're good at making stuff, whatever that thing is, because we're just good at the logistical complexity of manufacturing and, and, and shipping and distribution. So, <clears throat> you know, my mom calls me and she goes, um, so we've had factories now that have been shipping us masks. So when it was really bad in Asia, we had some factories, you know, we've, we have really long lasting relationship with our factories. And they say, could you please send us some masks because we can't find them here. And they were readily available here. So we're like, of course, we'll be more than happy. So we shipped them some masks and, you know, they were very grateful. And then, you know, come two months later, we don't have any masks here. Right. So our factories, who have now kind of gone over the hump are saying like, you guys are going to need these, please take them. Like we weren't even asking them like, well, I guess they want us to stay healthy because then <laughs> we can keep buying from them. But it's like, we really care about you. Please take these masks. So I find myself with some masks. And then my mom calls me and she goes, you know, my friends, they don't have kids around. They can't get any masks. You know, could we send them some? And then another friend calls me and said, do you have any masks? And then I was like, of course, people don't have masks. Why don't we bring masks into the country and see if we can just help people? At this point, I wasn't really thinking. I mean, hairdressers are always first on my mind, but everybody's shut down, right? So at, at this point, nobody's had it open in their salon, so for the most part. And so I'm thinking just people in general, hairdressers and regular people, they're going to need masks. Everybody's going to need masks. Let's see if we can just help, you know, even if it's just a little bit. So so we looked into it and, you know, of course, you know, we have the connection. So our apparel, apparel factory, um, you know, was able to, to basically turn their business over to, to make masks. And so, you know, we put everything in place that we could to make sure we we're bringing to the market good quality, importing good quality products as always. You know, we have people there that we, we couldn't go visit ourselves in the QC. So we have people there that we could trust. And then you have the logistics of shipping out. You think you have an order and it's easy to ship out. Well, try during a pandemic. During a pandemic, when the entire world is trying to get merchandise basically out of one country, because 
you couldn't produce in America because the government, you know, took over all the production for domestic purpose, like all the factories, you had to go to China. Um, and everybody in the world is trying to get all the products that they need, you know, not just masks, you know, you know, everything that they needed, um, all the countries, and you heard about the states fighting against each other to get merchandise. Well, it was the state, the countries as well, worldwide. So, you know, one small company like us trying to get products out, it was, you know, you're battling everybody for sh space on the planes, sure. for space on the boats, for just, you know, hoping like your truck would be waiting in line to get on the boat and we're full. You know, you think in the old days, you'd have a reservation and you'd get <laughs> right. your space. In the new <laughs> days, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> Shipping by air should be $3 a kilo. It was $18 a kilo. I mean, oh you know, everybody oh. was just, you know, anyway, so, so it was the whole, the whole challenge, not just the manufacturing and making sure the quality is good, but making sure it met the ever-changing uh, regulation of the government. So the Chinese government, the American government were constantly changing what they, what they wanted for different PPE products in terms of what was acceptable, making it stricter and stricter to make sure that the quality, you know, because obviously in a pandemic, people are apparent, I mean, human nature, some people will try to take advantage and do bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And because it's easy, it's even easier. So the governments, you know, start to, to crack down on that. So making things more and more difficult for manufacturers, basically changing the rules almost day to day where yeah. I'd go to sleep and I would be so scared to wake up and find all these messages about, <laughs> wait, we had to reprint the box overnight because now they want this information on it that they didn't want yesterday or this, you know, wow. that kind of stuff. It was very fluid, kind of almost a wild west where things were constantly changing. Anyways, it's we got like over that. It's a logistical nightmare. I, I don't it know was. how anybody got anything done. You know? It was very challenging. You know, what happened is you have to work with reputable people. You have to pe have people on the ground who can check for you since you're not there, people that you trust. And your logistical people, your freight forwarder, the people that help you with understanding the regulation and also making sure that, you know, you, have, you can get your stuff on the plane or on the boat. Um, they just have to be really well established and good. You know, all, all of that comes at a cost. But when your goods are able to flow as scheduled, you know, there's no, no price to that, right? Because then mm -hmm. you can meet the demands of your customers and meet the demands of the market on time. So not only was it difficult to find, you know, the manufacturing, I mean, that, that actually, I would have to say that was probably the easiest, but the logistics of actually getting it out and, and here was very challenging. So that's where, again, our know-how and our connections just kind of helped us. Um, what, what, how long, so if, if you have space on a boat and I assume, do they, do, do they ship to San Francisco? Is that where, it, is everything leaving San Francisco from Olivia Garden? Uh, yeah, San o Oakland is our, okay. our so how long does it, doesn't have a commercial boat. How long does it take a, a boat to get across the ocean? I mean, like if you, if you, it, once it's on the boat, what's, how long before it's in your hands? Yeah, traditionally it's a, it's about three weeks and then it's a week of transit time that it's a week for them to unload the container, put it on a truck and get it to you. So uh, as much as even though the port's like 40 minutes away, but just the logistics of unloading a big boat and stuff like that. And I'm sure there's so, unions involved and stuff about who can unload it and stuff like that. So, so it's three weeks. So you guys, you guys move forward. You decide that, you know, we're going to do some PPE stuff, knowing that at the very, very least, I would imagine it's four to five week turnaround time because, you know, you have to do the order. They have to manufacture. They've, they've got to get it to their port. And, you know, who knows what logistics that takes. And then, that goes across. So, you know, you're talking about a five week plan, a five week emergency plan here. I, I, am right. I right? Yeah, it actually. So again, we were searching high and low because not only was air shipment at an all time high, although we did have multiple sh containers come by air. Um, we, it was, it was even at that price, it was really hard to find space. And so sometimes it would take so long just waiting for the plane because it all, it's, it all snows ball together because there is no air traffic now between China and America, or, you know, at the time there was none because of the height of the pandemic. You literally, so you have to go through like a different country. So normally when we get on a plane with our luggage and stuff like that, what we don't realize is there's cargo on the plane too. 
right? There's cargo planes, but there's also passenger planes that move cargo. Well, all of that is now gone, right? So you now have basically very little air traffic and a ton of people trying to get on it and no direct flights. So all of this makes things worse. So we're like, it's super expensive and it's also not that fast. It's not fast like before fast. So, um, and forget you, PS and FedEx because they have their own plane and they make their own routes and you just could not even get on that, those planes. So, because, you know, much bigger companies probably chartered the whole thing. I'm not sure. So anyway, so we found a, uh, we found a service through that actually had a faster ocean service. It's triple the price of a regular container, but it reduced the transit time to two weeks and it, it, uh, guaranteed delivery off the boat faster so you could have your container the next day so we were able to wow. to reduce a one month shipping frame, time frame to about 10 days so wow. uh that was actually yeah about 10 15 days so that was big that was big so but then everybody else found out about the boat <laughs> <laughs> So it floated down and the prices went up. I think we need. I think we need to get into the shipping business. It sounds like right? there, there's some holes there. Well, and you know the ships, the other ships that were empty. You know, instead of lowering their price, they just took ships out of service so that they wouldn't have to lower their price. Wow. See, there's one for humanity there. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Don't lower the price. Let's just so, take ships out. Anyway. So, so Anne, I, I just and and yeah. I, I have a thought breed. and. Yeah, exactly. I have a thought and I just kind of want you. So although we're seeing like great increases in prices on masks and, you know, on all the, all of our PPE stuff, right? All of our PPE stuff is three yeah. times the price that it was, you know, in March. Sure. Right. Yeah. But, but, but it, it, it kind of makes sense then. Right. I mean, like, it's not, it's not Olivia Gardner. That's, that's um, Olivia Gardner. Why do I keep saying Gardner? <laughs> Olivia Gardner. <laughs> Olivia Gard- it's not that Olivia Gardner is making a lot of money on this, but, but yeah. your production costs have gone way, 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 way up. Right. Right. So, so we, you know, we never bought masks before the pandemic. So we were like, how much did these things cost before? Because, you know, we, again, we wasn't in our, in our inventory and yes the prices are you know more than triple what they used to be but it's it started yes it's it's everything the logistics it, first it starts at the factory the factory the raw prices so what they just so you know for the disposable mask what they use that non-woven fabric is the same one they use in in all that hospital wear you know the stuff you wear that they throw away whether it's your patient or a, right. a, the disposable a doctor gowns. or nurse yes all of that is the same material. So imagine everybody in the world wanting that material for all the masks, all the, all the clothing. And, you know, I've heard that somebody who's sick with, let's say, COVID as an example, you know, they'll have maybe five nurses and a couple doctors. And every time they go in and out, that whole thing goes in the trash, right? So you imagine, wow. well, unfortunately, the trash that we're generating, but also the volume of, you know, needs multiply that worldwide right so the the raw material skyrocketed pricing skyrocketed and therefore it affects the cost of the mask that you buy it and then the whole shipping you know what i just explained to you the transit Mm -hmm. time and i mean not transit time but the cost and all the different ways of bringing it now not saying that there weren't people that were price gouging and that's another reason that we got into it is we we my brother and i decided we're bringing the masks we need to cover our costs and you know, obviously make a little profit to be able to pay everybody that's working. But we're going to try to keep them as inexpensive as possible because our contribution to this is our know-how to manufacture, to do the logistics, but also to be fair in the price that we charge for the products that we're going to sell because we're not in this to just make, you know, it's just, it would break my heart to take advantage of people. That's just not who we are. So when I saw the people doing that, right, and 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 that was like that's wrong. We we're gonna show them, <laughs> so <laughs> the right way to do things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I had nothing else to put home, so I needed some. I needed a <laughs> I needed a project. <laughs> I have that energy. I need the project. So anyway, so I'm so glad that we were able to 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 meet the market. You know, to help out. Well, ultimately, obviously, hairdressers because you know we you guys were able to reopen. So um, so happy we're able to do that. And that, that is, that's what's so beautiful about you and your company and stuff like that. Because, I mean, you do 
care about the hairdresser, right? You do want to provide and help and, and, you know, not necessarily uh, take advantage of. And all this kind of makes sense in a way, not only from the, you know, the PPPE stuff, whatever, but everything probably that people couldn't find, you know, it was just, you know, ships, you know, or comp- shipping companies, you know what, we're not going to lower the prices or we're going to remove ships. So what, what happens? There's less product coming over. And so with less product coming over, you're going to have, uh, you know, a shortened supply and et cetera, et cetera. And so all of a sudden you have this domino effect. And next thing you know, you can't even find anything, right? Because there's not enough coming over or whatever. Uh, and, and so by you telling your story and how hard it was to get your stuff, it just totally makes sense of why it, it played out the way it played out, you know? Yeah. It, it's just, I, it, I mean, I'll, for me, for me, it all makes sense because I've lived through it, but it's, it's interesting that I now realize that people who don't live through it can't understand what it was like. But it's so unfortunate in a pandemic that it's such a money grab instead of humanity coming together and helping each other out to make sure we all survive this thing. Well, Tony, too, though, and, and you know, <laughs> one thing that you left out of your, of your analogy there is, too, is that, is that people, the people, were hoarding stuff, too. So, you know, they could have, like, a, a closet filled with toilet paper, gloves, and masks and, and, not, and not necessarily sharing it. So, I mean, you can see... You can see where where all the all the troubles are, right? Or and, and another thing that I was thinking about is so we get the shipping uh, ship we get the ship all the way to the U.S., but now we're shut down. So you know maybe you're only working at a half or a third for the people that can unload the ship. I'm sure there was stuff that got stuck on ships for a long time because it just wasn't you know I don't know I don't know necessarily you know who was essential and who wasn't as far as unloading ships, yeah. but you know that takes manpower. Yeah. yeah, so the ports were considered um, essential. So the ports kept open because they, you know, the goods were, um, they could be bringing all kinds of goods, right? They could be bringing PPE or they could just be bringing a sofa, you know, they could be bringing all kinds of things. They don't know what's on the ship. So exactly, you know, so the ports, luckily, like airports and things like that are considered essential. So they didn't close down. So, but I mean, you know, that whole essential I, business was funny to me because what was essential, what's not essential did not make any sense because I had the dispensary and the liquor store next door uh, were essential. And, you know, uh, yeah, but, gro- grocery stores limited. You have all these other things that are, yeah. to me, are necessities were limited and it, none of it made sense. Well, Tony, I don't understand the dispensary, but I certainly understand the liquor stores being open because one of the most, one of the most difficult uh, addictions to get over is, is alcohol addiction. And the last thing we wanted to do was to fill beds at hospitals with people that might have that from COVID that might've needed it. I think they were trying to avoid the, um, the, what the bottleneck, right? So mm-hmm. if, if you started having people going to the hospital to get over their alcohol addiction because they couldn't get alcohol, then, then I don't necessarily know if that's good. Um, that wouldn't be good for the hospitals or the people that uh, need the beds. Well, there you go. <laughs> I understood that one. The marijuana one or the dispensaries, I don't, except, you know, for anxiety, yada, yada, yada. You know, I guess and pain I, and stuff like that. I get, I mean, I kind of understand yeah. it a little bit, but it's just, uh, you know, yeah. Anyways, sorry, get, get us off That's track. Right. No, no, it's, it's, so, it's, part, it's part of the conversation. So the other thing that we did is, you know, after we, so for honestly, for about three weeks, you know, I didn't really sleep because I, I was, I was only sleeping like a couple hours a night because she needed you know, to go to the dispensary. See, Tony. <laughs> and yet I did not go to the dispensary because <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about it. Um, but uh, anyway, so because nighttime is daytime there. Right. And so because we were trying to get things done right away, you know, if I'm sleeping and they're asking me, questions then I can't get things moving forward and we lose a day right so time was of the essence so I'm like I can sleep the rest of my life I need to get through this so we did that uh but then uh you know the reason I did so after we did the masks or we 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 got the mask kind of going and figured that out in terms of just the production not even having them here yet we took a moment and we're like okay well now we got masks great what else is the salon going to need Right. Like, let's 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 be let's put our thinking hat on. 
let's try to be ahead of things. Let's think for the stylist. Plenty of stylists are thinking themselves, of course, but let's think as a manufacturer for the stylist, what do they need? When they reopen, what are they going to need? And let's hope that we can get it there so that when they open their doors or before they open their doors, they'll be able to turn to us or you know, distributors find what they need from Olivia Garden. So we kind of like brainstormed about, you know, what, what, what do we think they need, what they might not need, you know, it was like, there are so many ways to go. So disposable capes, um, and this is all in absence of any regulation, right? And you, the way America is, there's 50 states and 50 different state boards. So how could you possibly <laughs> forecast what, you know, there's not one national standard, that would be too easy. Right. So, you know, uh, so we're like, well, what makes sense? Like, let's not, and you guys can imagine in all this is, we're also trying to make sure we don't take too big of a financial risk and get stuff that we, you know, that people aren't going to want or that not going to need, right? So it's a lot of things to juggle to forecast. Anyway, so we went, we landed on disposable capes. We landed on face shields. And, you know, I, I have to say, as always, I go to the community, I go to our educators, I go to ambassadors, which are amazing. We're like a family. And I said, guys, you know, let's just, let's just say tomorrow you can open. What do you think you're going to need? Like we have some things in our mind, but as always, we want to get your input. And so through those conversations with their hairdressers uh, in our community, you know, we were able to piece together a list of products that we uh, thought would be good for the salon to reopen. Again, minimizing our risk to also have stuff because you could go crazy and you can buy you know, the goggles that like stick to your face, you know, you could have gotten all kinds of things, right? I mean, like, would you guys really wear it? Like, would you prefer, you know, so it's like, you know, I could see myself wearing a face shield that seems like that'd be pretty comfortable, you know, maybe a face shield and a mask, or maybe just a face shield, you know, so again, having those conversations with hairdressers and to try to figure out, so we landed on face shields, a, a reusable mask, you know, so a fabric kind, right, that you could wash, not just the disposable kind. Uh, disposable capes, uh, gloves. Gloves are easy, but again, right. which kind of gloves do you like? And da, 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 you know, so there's a lot of questions on all these categories that we weren't that familiar with, you know, in terms of like the details when you're starting to manufacture. Then we also thought about a couple of the things that didn't exist. So, for example, we thought, okay, how are you going to know that the tool that you're using on your customer, how does a customer know that that hairbrush has been cleaned? I'm sure, well, pre-pandemic, you were supposed to clean it before customers, and I'm sure a lot of people did, but post-pandemic, it's even more important. Well, how do I know it's been cleaned? Because you do it in the back, right? And, and I don't really see the process. So we thought it would be really nice if there's a way to know that the product has been cleaned. So we came up with what we call our clean bags. And it's a very simple concept. It's a self-sealing bag. It's really pretty. It says clean on it. And it lets you clean your product as you normally do. It lets you, you know, dry it like you normally would. Then you go ahead and put it in the bag. You seal it. And you put it wherever in your station you, you are supposed to. Let's say in the box that says clean on it. It's fine per state board. And when you're about to use it on your customer, you rip that bag open in front of them. That's it. Conversation I, I, over. I love this. <laughs> uh, and put put me in an order for some clean bags. <laughs> yeah, I happen to have some right here. There you go. <laughs> there, there they are, man. <laughs> no, I love this idea, man. That that's a that's a really really great idea, you know. And Thanks. and and I think working in you know working in in a in a, uh, in a studio like we do, I mean, I think it's I. It, it reinsures that confidence, right? right. That, right. that that we're uh, that we're that we're taking everything. I'm serious, and uh, when we get off air, um, I, I want you to send me some bags. Um, so, so is it so with the clean bags? Are the clean bags disposable, or or right. do you reuse a, the clean bags? No, it's a single use, right? Because you that's the and they're you know they're only fourteen cents a bag to the salon, so very inexpensive. And then you can use it for your towels and your capes if you use fabric capes. Because what we figured you want to do, and you know, it kind of came from the idea of the manicure. You know, when you sit down to get a manicure, or when you go to the dentist, they take out the tools out of a bag, and they don't say this has been sanitized. You just know that that's what that means, right? right. So we figured for the convenient, because we're having conversations now that we never had before. You never ask a stranger, 
are your hands clean before you give me that? Or, you right. know, could you please put your gloves on? Or could you please put your mask on? We didn't do that before. And it's still a little bit sometimes uncomfortable to have to ask those things, but you know, you want to do it for your health or your protection. So, you know, you don't want your customers to be feeling like, oh, I really wish I could ask Corey if nobody has used that cape before me. You know, how do I know that cape is clean? I mean, I trust him, of course, but I mean, right. I'm not saying there isn't that trust of course that's not what i mean it's just it's nice to see it coming out of a bag and whether it's a towel it's a cape it's a brush it's a pair of sheer whatever you want to put in it and it's like boom you know it's just peace of mind for everybody that's all anyways you're cleaning it anyways and and people's and and people's anxieties are higher than they've ever been so even even if they trusted us back in february you know now now it's not about trust now it's about i need to make sure because you know it comes down to like your own selfish well-being you know, yeah, at, when, exactly. when you enter the salon, and I think it's our responsibility as salon owners to to reassure that that, yeah. that this is a safe environment for the for, for them to, to to come in, um, which 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 is remarkable. Yeah. Um, dude, that is really 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 smart. I, I do have I do want to talk to you about something, Ann, and I've never understood it. And I, we're in the conversations. I'm going to ask you. I've never understood the price of gloves. Right. Like mm. you can buy like like the price of gloves blow me away because you can buy a hundred gloves for nineteen dollars or you can buy a hundred gloves for about four dollars, you know, just depending on where you source them. Um, I'm not gonna tell you where I buy mine, but I, I do much better than both of those prices. But it's um it's always blown me away and and, and, and this is this is not a PPE thing or, or this isn't a current yeah. thing. This has always been ever since I've been in the industry, it's like the price of gloves are extraordinary in, in the differences. Well, again, this is a new category for us. So I've done a kind of a crash course in all these different products. Uh, but what I can tell you for currently, of course, is that the prices are skyrocketing because everybody in the world needs gloves. Those that didn't need gloves before need them now, right? I have mm-hmm. a friend who owns a car dealership. They use gloves. You know, lots of people are using gloves that weren't using them before they deal with the public just for everybody's peace of mind to some extent. Um, but and changing them, and then those that were using them change them more often. But it's also the demand is huge worldwide, and the prices are huge. But it's all so obviously raw material prices are going up. But it has to do with the thickness of the gloves that affects, or if you want the weight of the glove, it can be measured in thickness or in weight. You can weigh your gloves to see the difference. Thickness is kind of hard to measure unless you have the right material, I mean, um, instrument, and also unless the person puts it on the box. But um, you can weigh them as a way to measure your glove options at different weights. Um, Also what they're made out of. You have vinyl gloves, you have latex gloves, and you have nitrile gloves. Nitrile, N-I-T-I-R. R-I-L-E-Nitrile. And nitrile is more that hugging kind of gloves. So nitrile will be the kind that they'll use for massages because they can feel it better. They can feel the skin better. The vinyl will be a little bit more loose on your fingers. So, you know, they're all, and then latex is, is, is also more hugging, but latex, a lot of people have latex allergies. So, um, so I think the price affects with the type that it is, whether it's one right. of those three, and then the the thickness or or the weight of it. I prefer the nitrile gloves; they just feel the most comfortable in my hands. And certainly, the vinyl, the universal vinyl gloves to me are terrible because they wear my thumbs out. Right, like my yeah. thumbs get tired because it stretches. Well, the vinyl doesn't stretch; it actually creates resistance. And I like the nitrile gloves because they don't create that resistance um, at, while you're wearing them. Yeah. So. The other thing we added to our, our to our offerings too that didn't just real quick to mention uh, that didn't exist before that we as we looked at the salon and looked at what was the option was um, that Stice might need is a chair cover. So I for sure thought a chair cover existed, but when I researched it, you only had two options: you had dentist chair covers, which uh, are like totally special for a dentist chair, wouldn't work in the salon. And then you had the chair cover backs, you know, that just covers the back square part of your of your chair. Sure. There was nothing else. So we're like, well, okay, it's great to clean the chair in between your customers if you can, but if you have a leather chair that's going to eat up your leather, if you have a chair that's not leather or vinyl, you can't clean a fabric chair with the product. So we thought a couple of things. You might want to clean it and then um, you might be done for the day, so you could cover it, leave everything ready for the next day. You could cover with a chair cover. And when your customer comes in, it says a big clean sign. You could take it off. They can sit in it, ready to go. Or 
again, when I talk to my styling community, they're like, I just have my customers sit on it. It would save me the time to have to clean so much in between. And then I can take it to the shampoo bowl with me. They can sit on it while I'm shampooing them and bring it back to the, so it just it was about convenience. It might not be for everybody, but it was mm-hmm. something that didn't exist before that has been really well received. And I did have one of my, so now I've been touching bases with my um, community to see how it's been going back into the salon what they're telling me and I had one person tell me that how one of her customers had an allergic reaction to a to something in one of the chemicals that she used to sanitize the chair so as soon as she sat down her legs started getting red and itchy oh so what they did is they ended up putting towels and then the, the, you know it calmed down but she, we had all not thought about that but some people might be you know, allergic to chemicals, some chemicals, which chemicals, who knows, right? right? So anyways, the chair cover, just covers your whole chair, you can sit on it and boom, you're done with it. So that's something and, and the chair cover is disposable or is it? Yes, it's, again, it's disposable because that would be impossible to wash, you know? What a, what a nightmare though on your part, like just figuring out what the dimensions are because, you know, the one thing, you know, we've, we've worked in 10 different chairs in our careers, like none of them are universal. Well, so I have one office, one salon chair of the office that it looks pretty standard. So that's what I use. So since there was no way to get, oh, by the way, during this whole product development phase with uh, China, it was impossible for them to send samples because for some reason, I don't know if it was on the Chinese or the US side, probably I'm guessing on the Chinese side, they wouldn't let any PPE stuff leave by like UPS and FedEx. Like you can get a sample. Right, so you have to do everything by picture. So I couldn't. So what I did is I cut pieces of plastic bags and I taped them all together, <laughs> and then I got to the size that I thought I wanted. Then I sat in it and I checked, and then I made it bigger or smaller, changed the shape, and that's how I came up with the chair cover. <laughs> she, she, she's a trash right. bag seamstress. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Where can Anyways, we find you all these products? Can we uh, find them on your website? Yeah, as, so we only putting them available on our website as they become available because we don't want people to to want to buy something and they can't get it right away. But they're pretty much all there um, this week, That's except awesome. the gloves. Gloves are coming later. But hey, hey, your first order for clean bags, you know, <laughs> send them this way. Right. I love that Got idea. It. I'll call you after. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so just the clean bags and the chair covers. I mean, how do they? Uh, how, like how many, I mean, oh, sure. in a box or? So, yeah, yeah. They come in boxes. They come a hundred to a box for the, for the disposal, for the bags. I'm sorry. And then the chair covers, since the chair, to your point, are so different, so many different sizes, we wanted to make sure that it thoroughly covered the chair. So when you put your arms on it, you know, the chair wasn't exposed and, right. or, you know, your legs or the back. So we had to make it quite large because the piece of plastic then becomes heavy once you put a lot of them in. It's 25 to a box for the chair covers. Otherwise, the box was too heavy. And it's, uh, it's um, I should know my price is $19.99 for uh, $25. And uh, just to give you an idea. And then uh, so on just the under a dollar, just under a dollar. A yeah, bag, it's about so. 75 cents. Yeah. And then the capes are um, 20 to a case of capes. And they're 15 bucks. So, nice. Again, we're trying to keep it as, as inexpensive as possible. Um, so because we want to get people what they need. And then lastly, we're coming and we called this whole thing called OG essentials. So we called it the whole PPE line is called OG essentials. And, um, and the last thing we're doing is we're doing some, uh, we did like a cape for those that want to have a fabric cape. We did like a really nice all purpose cape uh, with snap closures for like 1299. So, Oh, if you need perfect. to buy eight capes because you know you want to launder them, you don't want to use the disposable stuff, but you need that many for an average day. Some people will need more mm-hmm. uh, or less. Then you you know you have an option, not too expensive. That's that's that, that's awesome. We uh, I, I actually I, I've actually when all the uh, when all of our protocols came out, um, I've always uh, had one cape and one um, you know gown per per, per client. So oh, okay. I, I was pretty fortunate so as good. far as just that I had them. You know, I didn't have to source them. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, but that that's pretty awesome. I, I'm so glad that I'm so glad that we can rely on you know Olivia Garden to uh, to, to 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 help us out um, when we need it. You know, it's not just a brush company, right? I think that's your new slogan, by the way. It's not just a brush company, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you can steal that. You know, it, it's real original. Thank you. 
<laughs> I mean, for a week there, I thought, you know, that was a week there where we were like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And then, then we're like, all right, let's go. Let's you make know, some masks, let's help some people. And one thing led to another. So. You know what's really funny about that is like, is you said that there was a week there we didn't know what to do. And you were literally scratching your head. <laughs> you were literally <laughs> scratching your head going like, what are we going to do? That's funny. Yeah. So yeah. I'm happy that we were able to help. I mean, yes, we were able to generate some business, but that I honestly mean that's secondary. The, what happened, what matters is that we were able to help, you know, people needed somebody to step up and, and we were able to do that. So I'm, I'm happy that, that we could do that. that makes that's amazing. I'm, so, so a question is, all right, so here you have this team and you're focusing on what you do on an, on an everyday basis, right? That, yeah. that comes to a halt. You take yeah. this team and you know what? You ship them over here and let's focus on mass, et cetera, you know. But now yeah. here you are reopening and uh, right. how do you now focus on both? Do you split right. the team or do you have to hire more people? Or Yeah. So, you know, the the during the shutdown the you know the whole focus was on the the ppe stuff so the team was working exclusively on that but as we finished the product development part because you know there's that intense product development part and then it's all about production and then it's wait wait you wait i mean we didn't have to wait so much because we kind of sped everything up but you know you just wait you're done with all the product development so now you find yourself with when you felt like we've kind of covered like the whole cat, like we've done as much as we feel like we need to do in PPE. Let's just wait and see how people react. Because, you know, we looked at getting thermometers, we looked at getting all of that, but then, you know, you're like, what if there's a problem with the thermometers and, you know, you're right. talking big ticket, you know, how many people are taking the temperature. So there's things that we definitely passed on. Um, anyway, so then, then at one point I told the team, all right, now that we're, uh, you know, done with, what we feel is a good assortment for this category, for this product category. Uh, we need to go back to our regular category. Let's shift back because now let's get ready for when things start to rock and roll again, right? What is that new reality going to look like? And what, sh what adjustments do we need to make in our product assortment to, to meet the needs of the new economical situation that we might be facing um, as, again, as a society, as an industry, um, and what are people going to be looking for? Uh, so, and then what do we have? What did we have in this amazing 2020 plan that just went up in the air? And <laughs> how can we, right? Because the thing is, you guys might think, oh, Christmas is far away. You know, how could you? No, Christmas was like in April, right? We had to order for holiday in April. If, if people can't commit to it, the distributors, to bring it in for you guys to purchase, then I can't have more inventory that I buy on the hopes that by November people will want it, right? Because what if they don't want it? So as a business owner, as um, I'm sure this applies to the salon also, is you have to decide what do I do in this new uncertainty? So the world before March 17th was like so clear. I knew when the promotions were, I mean, things were running like clockwork, right? And you can make plans. I made my, I signed off all my advertising uh, contracts for the year. We had everything like clockwork. We're going to have all these new appliances and they were going to be timed perfectly with, with advertising campaigns and our customers going to have the products on the shelf. And then it all goes, it all just go poof. It all disappears. Well, you can't keep advertising if nobody's open to go buy the product because that advertising money you you need it maybe later when there is no business right you're not going to can't just keep spending money i mean it doesn't make sense so you had to reshuffle everything and so you have inventory that was like i told you coming in we couldn't stop it and it's paid right as soon as it gets on the boat we prepay our entire inventory so we have all this merchandise that's not sold because business came to a halt and now it's starting up again but people are just going to their basics right they're for now they're just buying what they are buying multiple brushes of the one they love, multiple shears of the one they love because they want one per customer. That's great. That's fantastic. We're so grateful for that. But they're not going for the new stuff yet because they're just trying to, you know, get through their day like I'm trying to get through my day 
anyways. So um, we're not really looking for new stuff right now. So we, we plan so far ahead. Everything is done so far ahead that 2020 is done. Like, you know, I can't bring in products in hopes that by the end of the year, people want to buy it because then if they don't, I'm just stuck with our merchandise. So it's not a good way to run the business. Sure. So we shifted to 2021. Uh, we had some great stuff planned, but we shifted it to 2021. And we're just saying, so now we're like, we have all 2021 laid out. <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> let's wait till the last minute to pull the triggers on these different orders that we have to place. Because we need to know what is the world going to be like in August and in October and in November. Because again, we can't keep bringing in things that are is going to sit there not because people don't want them it's just because it's not the right time to be selling them right so it's an interesting time for us right now because we do have to forecast so far ahead to make sure we have enough product so we want enough to meet the demand that we don't know what the demand is going to be because we don't know how quickly people will go back to work and we don't want to have too much because then our money is going to be tied up in inventory. Inventory doesn't go bad. We're lucky for that. We're not, we're not liquid. But still, you can't pay your bills with hairbrushes. Right? You still need money. <laughs> so. That's called and, bartering. bartering. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, um, and like, the, I mean, there's some salons, and I know there's even some people that in our, uh, in our studio suite, Tony, that they're just not doing blow dryers right now. You know, so the, so the, the brushes and the blow dryers aren't getting the wear and tear for for the uh for the replay you know what we need to come up with we need to come up with a disposable hair clip that's worth a damn that's what we need you know because because to me it's always the hair clips that are that are always the sketchiest to to be clean or to i'm never super confident that they're as clean as maybe they should be if that makes sense you know if we had if we could come up with a disposable hair clip i, w- I, w- I would be down all right putting that in my idea bank <laughs> yeah. well here here you go you it's uh you create a clean bag for a clip that you can use, you know, right. and then that way you can take the clip out of the bag, toss the bag, put it in a new bag. I don't That's know. True. I don't know. But anyways. <laughs> it, it, it is kind of funny though, you know, and you brought it up a little bit. You, you kind of slid past it, you know, uh, early in the conversation, but like, you know, again, back in February, March, you know, there was great concern about, about waste. You know, now, now kind of that's that, that concern for waste is kind of it doesn't have the same uh, value that it once did. I, I remember a meme that was going around a little bit earlier and it was like, you know, like a, a coffee mug and like, sorry, environment. I'm going back to paper cups because, you know, your clients don't want to share. Yeah. You know, cups and or, it breaks, or glasses. It breaks my heart and that definitely crossed, you know, our mind a lot during our product development. But it's. They're going to be, you know, customers will be looking for disposable items as, and so, you know, do we just say no because of the environment or do we just try to help them out with what they need? It was, it was a real tug of war, but we just hope that it's not going to, you know, last too long. We can go back to reusing items, but in the meantime, it's, it's a dealt, it's a hand for dealt with. I mean, yeah. there's not much we can do. You know, and you think about all the single use in restaurants and eating out. And, I mean, it's terrible. It is what it is. You know, maybe maybe paper's the way to go. Like I don't know. I mean, paper's not the solution. I you know, it just salon, everywhere you turn. Happen. You know, <laughs> exactly. And yeah. dude, I am I am so grateful for this conversation because I have much more clarity as far as you know what this process looks like. And uh, and you know, I don't know if I don't know necessarily know if it was uh, if I even had a care before this but you know now i i like we all kind of care about and you know the distribution um um channels you know and and it's really interesting and i'm i'm just i'm i'm mega happy that you guys have stepped up and is taking care of the industry as well um, yeah. I, I know we appreciate it and um yeah get me some clean bags right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a steak dinner and a steak dinner right, right. clean bags and in a steak new york dinner. In Actually, will you deliver my yeah. steak in a clean bag? <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> yeah, awesome. I, I can't wait till we get to to be out and, you know, go back to shows and stuff like that. It'll be amazing. It'll be great. Yeah. There's going to be so and, much energy. I yeah. think, you know what, what's been the hardest thing for me since I've been back? I'm such a hugger that mm-hmm. I haven't yes. been able to hug my clients, right? Or yeah. even shake the hands. I'm, it's like an elbow or, hey, you know. But uh, I think, you know, when we're able to hug, I look forward to 
to giving you a proper hug. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. And, and you know, we're friends. you we're European, so we're big on kissing. You know, on the cheek, and so it's been hard to see my parents and you know just kind of like wave at them. I just feel so mm. like yeah. I don't really you know it's weird, but yeah, I know the hugs and and you know the way we show each other, you know that I don't know it's really special. So hey, it'll be back. <laughs> yeah, we just have to break protocol. They so. just I think that um <laughs> we're, yeah, I think we're gonna pre- we're we're gonna That's appreciate right. those uh, kisses and hugs a little bit oh, more next time. There you time. go. Create a hug, a uh, hug shield, a hug shield. There you go. <laughs> I think it's something that Homer Simpson wears at, at, at work. All right. <laughs> like a radiation shield. And thank you for your time. Thank you again, once again, just w- what you guys are, are being on the forefront of for the industry. And, um, you know, thanks for hanging out with us and thanks for taking our call and, and, and just yeah. a million, million thank yous to you guys. I, we just, we really appreciate, we appreciate Olivia garden. We, and we uh, appreciate our relationship with you Ed, and, you know, just thank, thank you. you very much. And thank you for joining us on your day off. Thank you, guys. Take care. Be safe. It was my pleasure.